Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Classic Lenses podcast. My name is Simon Forster and I'm hosting this podcast from Stoke-on-Trent in the UK. Now, Carl can't be with us today, but as usual, we have Johnny Sisson talking to us from Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Johnny. Hello, hello. Right, well, last time well, last time we heard from Carl, uh, he was left alone in a room at Anthony Rue's house, uh, where, he, where Anthony keeps all his cameras. Um, and we've not actually heard from Anthony or Carl since then. So, uh, Carl or Anthony, if you if you hear this message, uh, please get in touch. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. they're trying to tiptoe through the room across all the broken glass and everything from Carl, wreaking havoc in there. Probably, they're probably just trapped in a room. Yeah, that, that, that's the most logical answer, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're thinking the worst there, but they're they're probably safe. Um, um, but uh, this week. Um, I'm delighted to say that we are joined by none other than Lyndon Booth of Londinium Cameras. And for those unaware who were uh, about Lyndon and his company, Lyndon is a full-time camera lens repair technician. Uh, hello, Lyndon. Hello. It's great to have you here, Lyndon. Um, so we'd, we'd like, we actually heard you first time on uh, the Sunday 16 podcast, I think, was it late last year? I can't quite remember when it, when it was you were on there. Yeah, I can't, it could be the same same kind of time this year. I think no, last year. Yeah, so yeah, I've, I've tried to try to put it in my um, sort of back of my mind and forget about it. To be honest, <laughs> 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 no, it was actually no, it couldn't it couldn't have been then. I think it was much 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 later than that. I think it was probably some like in the, in the autumn or something like that of last year. But uh, but that was a a, a, a good listen and. Um, and as a result of that, I, I think I, I befriended you on Twitter, and we've uh, had a few okay, few correspondence yeah. be between us. Yeah. And uh, and um, actually, that was a point. You sold me that lens, didn't you? That, no, uh, there was no guarantee with that lens, Simon. So <laughs> let's. <laughs> I mean, I just just reached over to to, to get it. Um, this is the whole reason of getting you on the show, by the way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I could talk to you about this. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, it was. Have you have you used it though? No, I've 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 not. I haven't. And just just to explain what 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 happened, just to recap, because I've mentioned it on the show before. Um, you sent me a, a picture of a of a lens and said, "What's that?" And I looked at it, and, and it was a case of that looks nice and shiny, and uh, and I ended up buying it off you instead, which was, you know, um, it's a sort of similar experience like when Cole's on on a show and he has to buy something just because we we talk about it. You show me a picture, and I and I need it. So uh, I didn't do it on purpose. That wasn't my intention. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a it's an Aldis Brothers lens, and uh, it's very nice, and uh, it's in perfectly serviceable condition and it's it's for some kind of i'm not sure how large the format um that it belongs to but it's, it is for a large format lens of some description and uh, i did actually work out what the focal length was once but I, but I forgot about it so uh yeah i need to revisit that anyway back on to um today's show where and i think it'll be although there'll be a few people here that um they're listening that have heard you before on sunday 16 but there's going to be quite a few people that haven't so i think it'd be great if you could give us a um a, a recap of uh, how you got here through your photographic yeah. history if you will please. sure yeah well i started oh, i left school and started to work in a, a camera repair shop in the mid 90s um, so it's, uh, it was sort of a golden era, really, of, of cameras, I, I always think. Um, and there were three technicians. They were in a shop downstairs, sold 
used cameras, didn't sell anything new. So a dark room and medium format, large format, pretty much everything you could think of. Um, and we did repairs as well. So there were three, three of us upstairs doing the repairs and we all took different sections um, of, you know, of cameras and types to do, you know, split the work up. Um, so, you know, although I know a lot about cameras and I, I know some models and lenses better than others, um, one of the chaps, Neil, he did all the compact cameras because they were still popular back then and there, there were quite a few. Um, and he also did Rolleiflexes. He sort of specialised in those. Um, Kevin did all the Canon, Nikon, Minolta, medium format, so Brunica and Hasselblad and Vermeer and that sort of thing. Um, and I ended up taking on Pentax, um, Olympus. I did a lot of projectors as well, um, slide projectors and some 16mm film projectors um, and, and a lot of lenses. And sort of later on, you know, as things started to change, I, I we started to sell a lot more classic cameras. So, you know, folders, you know, things like, um, you know, Voigtlander V2Bs, that, that era of, of, of cameras. So that, that's mainly what I what I did there. Um, and I suppose it must have been around 2004. Digital was, you know, starting to take take a big bite out of the market and cameras, people weren't certainly having cameras re repaired. So I, I unfortunately was made redundant. So that was the end of me there. Um, I did a stint at Boots in a mini lab um, and then got another job a couple of years later in a, in a sort of digital camera shop, which was okay, but it was a, it was, it was a sales job. So not, not my cup of tea really. Um, and then I, a, a few years working for a friend of mine. We eventually were still friends, but we did fall out at the time. <laughs> so I thought, what, what can I do? What can I fall back on? That was about seven years ago. I thought, well, I used to repair cameras. I wonder if there's, you know, still a market for that. Um, and started to, you know, buy up pretty much anything I could find in the local area, fix it up, sell it on, on eBay. Um, and now as repairs, you know, people do want repairs more. I've kind of switched over to that more than selling. So that's sort of where I am today. So, so your 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 business now then is it is it is it a uh, a lot more like a localized business or is it something where people post things to you? I mean, what's the split? It, yes, there? it's mainly mail order. I'd say a lot of people do post things to me. Um, I do get the occasional local customer, but being in Devon, it's it's not you know it's not the centre of anywhere really. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of it is mail order, which is fine because you know I I can um, I don't have to get up in the morning particularly early or get dressed, so I can do repairs in my pajamas. <laughs> no, no customers. No, I was going to say so that 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 sounds like you're 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 working from home then, yeah. Yeah, I work from home. Um, my wife um, she works full time, so I drop the kids at school and pick them up and look after them in the holidays and and do sort of repairs and and selling in between. So it works out quite well. No, no, that's good. Um, right. Well, we're going to do things a little bit slightly differently this week because uh, we've got a few uh, questions that have been sent in to us. Um, so I think what we're what we're going to do, we're going to start off with those questions, and then we'll prob and then we'll we'll carry things carry on with questions of your own, if if you like. So uh, so Johnny, yeah, you've sure. you've you've got the questions there, haven't you? I do have the questions right here. Uh, let's start with. Uh, let's see. Let's take let's take Nico's question first. Um, 
We have a question from, oh boy, this last name. Oh, this one's going to kill me. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's Nico. I'm so sorry. I'm going to do this to you, Nico. Nico Viriam. Oh, something. We're not going to help you. Grandma. Okay. We're going to, it's Nico. Hey, it's Nico, everybody. Nico's a good, like, single name only first name. I mean, Nico, right? That's a good name. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's like Nico from uh, uh, Velvet Underground, right? That works uh, fine. So you could just be Nico from now on. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. Just bought, just one question for, for Linden. What is the best way to remove fungus from a lens? I bought a Takamar 200 millimeter F4. Otherwise in beautiful condition, but all the, the lenses have some fungus. Fortunately, it was really cheap also. Okay. Uh, that's question number one. There's a second. Do you want to take that one first? I'll, yeah, take, well, the, I'll take the first one. Okay. Um, well, I mean, does he mean what, to actually clean it or take it apart? I suppose he means clean. You know, the, I think the he. To, to, to I think he means re- remove. You yeah. know, the actual fungus from inside. Well, yeah. I mean, this, I've got some stuff I've had for a long time, um, and it's it's coming to the end. It's a kind of a, it's a mixture of um, all sorts of bits and bobs, but. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna buy something to use, I suppose I mean that the best thing you could use is gonna be um, probably a window cleaner with a little bit of vinegar in it. Um, but it's one of those things you you know you can buy the wrong product and it could it could go disastrously wrong. So it's probably good that you bought it cheap. Um, <laughs> but there's yeah there's lots of theories on what you can use to clean it and the, the stuff that I've I've got I've had mixed up for for a long long time um and it, it you know you don't you, you don't need to use it a lot so it does last a while but I reckon if a little bit of vinegar in there and it's going to do the world good um you could try soapy water to start with and then go over with you know a, a, a vinegar water mixture or you could just tr- try some um some you know some sort of window cleaner you can buy locally with a little bit of vinegar added into it yeah. um Certainly, it's you know it's it's not going to be strong enough to damage the glass. I wouldn't have thought so, um, but yeah, g- you know, give give that a try. So, it, does it? It sound it sound Lynn, It sounds like your approach. I mean, are you, are you generally like the lowest impact thing first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I would say you know it, it only it's only because the stuff I've got I've had for such a long time and I know what it will do. You know, it's not yeah. gonna it's not gonna strip coatings or anything. So, um, <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would give that a go. I mean, most things you're going to buy these days can be pretty, pretty mild anyway. Mm. I know some looking on the internet, some some people use hydrogen peroxide and and mix it with, you know, with water. I can't quite remember what the mixture is, but I've never tried that, so I wouldn't like to recommend it. Mm. Um, yeah, fungus is one of those things, and you won't always get rid of it because it will it'll eat into the coatings in a lot of cases. Yeah, so it it, it seems like that with fungus, it's either well, it could be both, but it seems like sometimes it's it's basically like uh, between the elements and sometimes it's like eating right into the coatings and such is that i mean it, yeah. is that how you encounter it or yeah it, you know you can get a uh, you know a sealed um group of elements um you know in a Minol- in a minolta standard lens you know 50 mil 17 rocor um those front front two front optics are sealed together in plastic but you'll mm. still get fungus in there so you're not going to clean that one off um same than mm. olympus 50 mil standard um lens you're not you're not going to get in between those those optics so yeah what you can get to you can clean what you can't get to you you've got to live with i suppose yeah. so when, you, when 
so when you're talking about them in in between the the optics, we're we're talking in in the the space that's usually filled up with with balsam. Is is, is that what we're talking? About? No, no, you won't get it in between there. You you can get some strange balsam effects um, mm. that look a bit spidery, but they're not they're not definitely not fungus. No, but it it'd be in you know a a group of elements where they're they're sealed, but so there's you know there's an air gap in between. Right, right. Because that, that's that's actually probably worth it just explaining how, how lenses go together because we talk about how many elements and so many groups. Um, is, that, is that something you could perhaps, is there a, a good way to explain that to our listeners? What How the actual, how these lenses are actually made up and uh, the difference between uh, about, about groups and, and what spaces and what's cemented, what isn't, that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it all depends on on the lens and the different configurations. I mean, you probably know more about that than me. Um, but as you know, most standard lenses, as a rule, you've got two optics in the front group. Well, I'd call them a group anyway. Um, and there's normally an air gap in between them. And sometimes they're they're set together um, in a, a mount. And sometimes then you know, sometimes you can remove them. Sometimes you can't. And then you've got the behind that you've got the aperture and then you'll have normally three optics in the rear. Um, two of those might be cemented together, um, but not always. It's it's a bit of a, you know, uh, a, um, yeah, it dep depends on, on the manufacturer and, and the lens. Um, but if, if they're stuck together with balsam, you know, you're not going to get anything in between. You might get a balsam fault, but other than that, then you're not going to get fungus. So it's in all those areas where you've got an air gap, even if it's, even if it's sealed, you know, by manufacturer, you you can still get fungus in there, which I never understand. Yeah. <laughs> so just just on, I just want to tie this thing about how how groups are defined, and uh, so it, sometimes it can be really obvious how a group is defined because it will be say two or three elements that are literally either bonded or they they're in a section of the lens that that comes out separately by themselves. Um, so. If you've got a, a lens that says it's uh, say it's a five element lens uh, so you've got three in a group at the back you've got two a group in the front and you've got uh, say one in the in in the center uh, even though one is on its on its own would that still be classed as a group is that is that correct so you'd have two they'd have three groups there one two, one at the back one group at the front and the one on its own will be a, effectively a group in the center would that does that make sense um yes i suppose so yeah 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 I suppose it just does depend on the lens, um, but yeah, normally if, the, yeah, personally, I always think if it's what's behind, you know, in, in front and behind the, the aperture, you know, mm. you've got a group behind, you've got a group in front, um, you know, if you've got a zoom lens, you've got, you know, floating groups in between, but um, yeah. I, th I think it's, I think it's worth um, sticking with the F word, uh, which is which is for for a little bit longer because I mean it's a case of some lenses are uh, very easy to to deal with and some lenses and you've 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 you mentioned uh, Olympus there uh, it's been yeah. a, a difficult when we we're talking about the standard lenses there and yeah. uh, in particular on the Olympus are you talking about if you get fungus in the in the rear group is that where you were talking about when you talked about difficulty right well with the, uh, an Olympus standard lens 50mm 1.8 Zuko um, the very early ones the, the, the front two elements will come apart um, but 99% of them aren't, aren't the early ones and so they're in a fixed a fixed group if you like 
um, and they're you know in a machined you know metal. You can't you can't get them apart. You can clean the front element, you can clean the back of the the second element in, but the space in between, they're sealed. You can't you can't get to them. And you will get fungus in there quite often. It'd be just underneath the front optic, just a little sort of spidery thread. Um, and you know there's not a lot you can do with that. You can clean the rest of it up, and it, it will still be a usable lens, but you know it's 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 never going to be perfect. The rear elements, the very rear, the last element, um, that one, if you get fungus on there, I don't know what, whether it's made out of a different material or whether the coatings are different, but those tend to go quite cloudy and you'll only notice it when you shine a light through it. You know, you can, cl- you can clean, clean the fungus off. You think perfect. There's no, you know, there's no residue there. There's it's all, it's all come off nicely. Once you shine a light through, you'll get a kind of, um, a, a ghost image if you like. Um, on that rear optic, so there, I, you know, I really struggle with those these days. Um, it's it's really fifty fifty whether one can be, you know, cleaned um, to a good standard or not. By a good standard, I mean no fungus at all, no no ghosting, and you know, no um, sort of trails left by left by the fungus. Mm. Uh, there's there's a uh, we often ask questions such as you know, which which are the worst lenses for uh, for getting fungus. Now that's a too too vague a mm. question um because there's a lot yeah. of it, but um and you can say well which ones are the most which ones you might come across are the most common well it's also a case of you know well some lenses just sell more than others so just just by the fact there were just so many uh olympus lenses out there then you're, you're bound to come across a, a lot of them but do you do you have a, a feel for which which lenses you find are more likely to be fungus affected are there are there any serial offenders that you that you see no no it's it's pretty random um where i'm from in devon it's quite it's quite a damp sort of environment um so it's common it's a common thing you know if, if i'm if someone brings me a lens i can guarantee it's got fungus in it if it hasn't i'm amazed um so almost 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 it's the fact that if you've got a lens you've got fungus (laughs) you know it's it's that bad um but there's other parts of the country that don't really suffer from it so you know it's yeah it's a little bit random and again if you know different countries i suppose the more humid the conditions the more fungus you'll you'll get um yeah i don't know it's going to be a a localized thing i would say Right, so so that that's that's quite an interesting one there because you've sort of de- debunked the theory that some lenses are just just attract um, uh, fungus yeah, more more so than others. So uh, no, that's no, okay. That that that, that that's good. Uh, now, in terms of when fungus when fungus attacks, um, when, uh, <laughs> when so when you when you do get fungus on in in lenses, do do some are, are some lenses more easily damaged uh, by the fungus than others? Um, I mean, if you leave fungus in a lens long enough, it's it's going to damage the optics. Um, so that you know, the sooner you get to it, the better. Um, some i don't know yes certainly some optics you know going back to the olympus standard lens that rear optic is is always quite affected by fungus you know so you could clean the rest of the lens and and it'd be fine but that rear optic just doesn't 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 like it um Mm. so i wouldn't say you know some lenses are more affected than others i think you could as a rule say nikon lenses tend to be slightly more um, resilient to it and they do tend to clean up better um, 
but yeah, they're just some lenses, you know, if it's got fungus, you can have a go at cleaning it, but it's not going to come off particularly well. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the Pentax 50mm F2 uh, PKVM lens, if you've got fungus in one of those, you might as well just bin it because it just doesn't clean very well at all. So I, de- I tend not to buy those at all. <laughs> <laughs> Makes so, sense. Yeah. Um, and you, you, you touched upon it as well um, about the fungus eating into the, eating into the coatings uh, because you know, we will often on the podcast, we'll talk about the fungus etching uh, the glass. Yeah. So is, yeah. is, that, is, that a, is that terminology, a, a, a correct terminology to use or a good enough yeah, terminology? That's... That's exactly what I'd say. You know, I, I'm not 100% sure whether it's a coating, it's, it's eating or whether it's etching into the glass, but it's definitely living off something and it, and it will, you know, you, you can physically feel it sometimes. So, oh. I mean, not all glass is glass in lenses. Some of it's, you know, a, a sort of quartzy type material. Um, mm-hmm. You know, modern lenses, they're plastic, aren't they? So, but it's definitely, it's definitely doing something. And you, you can, you can feel it on, on, on some lenses, on, you know, you, you know, with your nail almost, put your nail across it, and you think, "Crikey, what's you know, what's happened there?" Well, I think I think it's also worth uh, just saying. We've said it on pl- plenty of occasions uh, b- before. Uh, just because a lens has fungus doesn't mean that the lens is useless um, by any stretch of the imagination. Because uh, I think we've yeah. all got experience of um, fungus-affected lenses that actually perform perfectly well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, you know, you come at, come at it from a, a user's point of view, but I, you know, if someone brings me a lens, they want it clean. So if I can't give it, you know, a hundred percent, um, back to them with no fungus and, and, and nice and clean and, and workable, I, I don't feel as though I've done my job properly, but mm. it, like I say, it doesn't, it doesn't affect the lens particularly. Um, you know, if you get most of it off, you, you, you'll never notice it, but from a, a value point of view, if we're being mercenary, it's not. You know, a lens with fungus versus one that's perfectly clean. There's going to be quite a big difference in in what that lens is worth. Um, so, yeah, in my mind, I don't like fungus. It's it's a pain because it costs me money. <laughs> <laughs> but, from, but you know, you can get you can get a cheap lens at the end of the day. That you know, you clean the fungus. It's it's affected the price, but it hasn't particularly affected the the lens itself. You can still use it and get good results. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that to think about as well. Yeah. Uh, do do you have any any thoughts on um, storage of lenses that have fungus in them? Because um, I mean, I remember when I first got into using old lenses, I was paranoid about putting a, a, a lens that I discovered some fungus in anywhere near uh, to one of my other lenses, is in a way that it's it's just it's going to crawl out and <laughs> creep into and into into the rest of the yeah. collection and things like that. Um, well, I, yeah, I, I think you'd, you'd be right to keep them away. Um, you know, if, if you've got other lenses, keep you know keep them somewhere dry. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one. I, I don't know. Don't know what to suggest. It it all depends on where you live. You know, you could live in a, a modern house and still get fungus in a lens. Um, mm. I think. I think. Yeah, I think central heating has a, a a part to play in it. People's, you know, in your house, you've got a tumble dryer. If it's you don't open the windows particularly, um, all these things, you know, moisture in the air. It's it causes you know I'm pretty sure that's what you know that what that's what causes fungus and if you've already got it, 
it's it's going to affect other lenses 100 percent. you know you can smell sometimes when a lens has got fungus before you've even even yeah. looked through it so yeah. that suggests that it's in you know it's in the air it's spores whatever you want to call it um what we need we need a, a scientist who deals with fungus and those sorts of growths to to look at it don't we that's what we need yeah to identify it yeah. there you go <laughs> why, doesn't, why, doesn't, why doesn't Carl know about this stuff? He knows about algae. It's got to be similar. Well, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he gave us a lecture on radiation as well, didn't he? In one of he the did. Episodes. He did indeed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, he's I'll, holding I'll on. Ask me later. I've got a good story about radiation in lenses. Oh, good. Okay. okay. Come back. Well, should we, should we, do you want to go on to the other to I, the to I, another question? Well, I've got a. Yeah, yeah. I've got a. Well, I've got a, a question that it's it's. I know that um, the question hasn't come in, and I and I, I think it's going to. It's it's probably a good time to actually talk about it. Um, seeing that we've been talking about taking elements out and cleaning them and different fluids and mm. things like that, and um, and the question I've got is to do with coatings uh, because we've talked about we think that that's what the uh, uh, that's what's been eaten by the fungus. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when when we talk about taking a. a, a a, a lens apart to get at elements i know that there are certain lenses out there where the actual coatings on the lens are extremely yeah. fragile yeah definitely um leica optics tend to be a little bit like that um yeah. i won't i just don't touch them um really yeah yeah, yeah oh yeah um <laughs> in fact i can't i'm trying to think off the top of my head what other what other coatings you would not touch yeah but pretty much they're the only ones i can think of um it's it, not to say it, there aren't ones out there no it's it just yeah. not to, not to interrupt but i mean it, it's are, are you talking me about older stuff or newer stuff or because i mean i know that a lot of the older ones are yeah oldest, they're oldest just stuff, always yeah. fogged up and i know i've heard that the, some of the coatings are literally like <laughs> like just a deposit of stuff on the surface of the glass and you can almost like blow it off you know yeah yeah definitely the, i'm i'm thinking of the older ones i mean yeah when, you know, when i i was you know back in the mid the mid 90s when i was at my peak um we never we never saw much Leica stuff um so mm. i haven't got a lot of experience with it to be honest um but stories i've heard from other people um <laughs> that have <laughs> have touched them that um they 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 clean the fungus but they also clean the coating off at the same time yeah. <laughs> which um yeah <laughs> on a, you know, Leica lenses tend to be quite expensive, don't they? So you, you don't really want to be doing that. <laughs> I got a haircut once when I first moved to Boston. Yeah. <laughs> and I pretty much just wanted, you know, a longish crew cut. And this, yeah. this guy literally did not know how to, like, you know, layer a, a crew cut from, you know, short to a little bit longer. And he, he just, my head kind of looked like a you know, <laughs> an un, some kind of uneven, weird staircase. And he's like, you know, I think you should just, I think you just shave it all off. I think you should just shave the whole thing off. And that's kind of like, yeah, get rid of those lens coatings. You don't need them, but just clean it all off. Well, un uncoated lenses are really popular, aren't they? Everyone likes yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just go for it. <laughs> so, so talk, talking about uh, coatings, um, and I'm thinking now of, uh, of the East German lenses, uh, they, they tend to be the ones I tend to see where you've, uh, you'll be looking into a, a, a one of the East German Zeiss lenses, um, say a, a 135, uh, 3.5 or some, something on those lines. And yeah. as the light shines on them, you can sort of like see little specks and you think, oh, I'll just get my little cloth and I'm just going to clean that. 
and then yeah. nothing happens because the the mark is on the opposite side of the front element. Um, yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> I think that's called dust. That's dust, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. Technical term. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we talk, I'm, I'm talking more about this. It's something that's it, it's almost like a reflection um, you, you you get. And I I've when I've sell a lens like like right. that I, yeah. I i usually call it a coating mark um i mean is is that something something you can shed any light light on on those those marks uh well if it's underneath the optic um i suppose until i cleaned it i wouldn't like to say what it was but yeah you you, you will get coating marks um yeah definitely oh, unless unless we're talk you're talking about the other type of fungus because there's two types isn't there Okay, do tell. Yeah, there's there's the there's the stuff that looks like a growth, you know, little tendrils of stuff, and then there's spotty fungus. Hmm. Have you maybe we're, are you talking about that or? I don't know. I've not. Because that would be lots that's... of little like lots of little spots, very fine spots, just just yeah. you know, in in the optics. So, maybe maybe that's maybe that's what you're seeing. Possibly. That's what I. I mean, that's what I call it. Whether it is fungus or not, you know, not being a, a biologist, I could couldn't say for hundred <laughs> percent. Are you are you talking about? I, I think I know what you're talking about. They're yeah. they're like they tend to be small, cloudy spots that look like they're bigger than dust, and they don't look like dust, and they they no. look like they no. could be droplets of something, but maybe they aren't. No. No? no, no, not that. No, that's okay. I mean, that's, you know that's the beginning of a, a a really concentrated piece of fungus, isn't it? Okay, gotcha. I would say. But no, right. it it literally it's difficult to see. Um, and it, yeah, I mean that's what I call it. It could be um, oil from the the yeah. finer parts that have um, evaporated and then you know mm -hmm. recollected on on the optic at some point. I, I never really know what it is. It tends to clean off quite easily though. So yeah. maybe maybe it's maybe it's not that. Hmm. Well, maybe I'll I'll just flip out the front elements every now and again and just give it a wipe, as long as it's not yeah. a lichen. <laughs> yeah, the trouble is when if you clean a lens and you you know you're not quite sure what what you're doing, you can always put more in than you take out. So it's it's always yeah. a toss up between. <laughs> Well, well uh, hopefully not when I do it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, actually, that, I mean, and that's that's a point in itself. Because I, I, when I first started to get into this, I was thinking I'm going to have to learn how to repair lenses and do do things to them. And I, I bought some equipment, some very the cheapest possible. Ooh, just close my. Do apologise about my phone there. That was uh, the Spice Girls. No, that's that's, no complaints coming in already. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I, I think I should, I think I should have uh, left let that go in and, uh, and see if anybody could actually recognise my, uh, my my theme music there. But uh, it was, uh, it was, it was actually the the Stranglers and hanging around. Uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, before uh, my time. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, and uh so um where, where were we then before before that musical interlude um, um you you were telling us that you're oh um, yeah fixing yeah so i was going to have a go at fixing my own lenses <laughs> and i i bought i bought the finest cheapest uh equipment i could find on ebay um from yeah, china yeah. well there's some good there's some good stuff out there don't I, you know I'm, I'm sure there is but not the price point i was aiming at <laughs> <laughs> and uh <laughs> so um yeah i've been i've eventually l managed to open the 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 you know, that under the, the uh the retaining rings without completely scratching the uh, uh the front yeah. of the uh the retaining ring itself or the elements as well which is quite possible yeah. um oh yeah yeah i would 
I would, I'm just trying to remember where I was going with this conversation, actually. But um, it, was, it was when I was repairing them. Um, oh, I've completely lost my train of thought. Did you have any luck at trying to repair lenses? That was. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, having realized my, my complete and utter incompetence. Um, yeah, <laughs> and realised I was I was doing far more damage. I I managed to find a, a local uh, re, re, repair person, and uh, and I've got to say, anybody that is thinking about having to go with these, by all means, try on something cheap. But if you if you if you find that actually you're as incompetent at these things as as, as I am, uh, you really need to be seeking out somebody like Lyndon, really, because uh, it will save you more money than you will think that you're going to save by doing it yourself. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you, Simon. <laughs> I know. I know. I know my <laughs> limits, which are many, <laughs> when it comes to doing anything. The lenses. <laughs> the about the only thing that I can do is some of the the some of the lenses, uh, like the some of the Takamars, the early ones. They just literally screw apart. You can just unscrew the whole thing by hand, which is great. <laughs> and that's about as far as I'm going to go with them. Well, that that is actually one of the things that, that you know when I when I, I go to um, I, there's a place local to me. It's called PJ Cameras. And uh, John uh, does the work for me, and I'll 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 go in there with a, a load of cameras, a load of lenses or whatever, and uh, and I'll say fungus fungus that one's got a sticking iris, blah blah blah, and um, the 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 fungus stuff he generally will have a go at it there there and then because sometimes it's very very easy to deal with. Um, but other yeah. times it's it's far more involved, um, but the, it just amazes me sometimes about just how easy. Some some of these lenses come apart. You're know, thinking, yeah. is, that, is that it? You know, and then all the, you know, <laughs> and the lens is there, and then other ones. He's is there looking at it and go, and he's like shaking his head. Uh, <laughs> 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 I don't think so. But I think we'll and, and lenses of that nature. We're gonna we'll we'll probably talk to Lyndon a little bit uh, later on yeah. that one. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I think should we should we go to part two of Nico's question? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so Nico, part two. Um, oh, something else came to my mind. Also, how do you assemble aperture blades properly in general? I've disassembled the Pentacom one thirty five two point eight six blade, and it was a nightmare to assemble. Although I managed to do it, uh, I just oh. don't have a clue how I got the thing working again. <laughs> Regards, Nico. <laughs> Uh, only six blades. Mm. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say, I would say, I mean, I, I, I don't like to brag, but I will. Um, I, I was very proud one day, uh, many, many years ago. I s said to uh, one of the chaps that trained me, I said, you're not going to believe this. He said, what? I said, I've managed to reassemble this iris and there were 15 blades in it. Oh, I can't remember what uh, it was. It might, it might have been the, the 15 blade version of the lens we're talking about, the Pentacon. Uh, yeah. two point. Could be. It must have been a preset lens, I presume. Yes. Um, yeah, they usually have. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's how do you do, you know, you get those little puzzles at Christmas, don't you, in crackers and things. How do you do those? Um, yeah, you just got to you just got to sit down, look at it methodically, and I mean, before you take it apart, take a good look at it, you know, because you mm. can get the blades in the wrong way round or the the wrong orientation and all sorts of stuff if you're not sure what you're doing. Um, but it's the la normally it's the last blade that causes all the problems. Ah, because you've got to, normally got to tuck that one underneath one of the other ones to. Well, why to, why didn't you do that one first then? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, I, I tell I tell you what, I'll send you I'll send you an Irish assembly, and I'll I'll send you to <laughs> reassemble it, and then when you you have the same problem, I'll say, why didn't you put that one in first? <laughs> and then you 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 know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I have to say, I've. This is something I've tried. Every once in a while, I get a lens at the shop that's not worth sending to repair. Like it's literally not worth sending to anybody mm-hmm. to do anything with because it'll. It, it's going to cost us more to fix it yeah. than it is to ever sell it. Yeah. And, I, and and I've taken them apart and tried to you know reset the aperture with the putting the pins back in the yeah. you know the holes and all that. Yeah. And I. I, I, I would if you held a gun to my head and told me if I didn't do this that you're going to kill my whole family or something. Just just shoot them now because it's never going to happen. <laughs> I, I mean, I tried it and I just I could not get the damn things to go to get. So how I don't know how you how you do it, but I, I that's a little feat of amazement yeah. for me. <laughs> you just need a, a steady hand. Oh yeah, see that's yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I, I drink too much for that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Don't assemble it in the closed position. If you try that, that's it's just going to fall through. So yeah, it's got to be open, right? You have to kind of interleave them. Is open. that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. But you know, it's it's one of those questions. You know, how do you, how do you do? Anything? I suppose you've done something enough times. You well, you don't always get good at it, but you get used to it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I have problems with iris blades. Don't you know? Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, in presume you know if you went to a, a you know an official olympus repairer back in the day he'd probably have a little jig to do it he'd probably have a special little device um that went you know take the rear optics out sits up through through the lens and is exactly in the right position so that if you do assemble it closed which yeah. is going to be a lot easier that it you know the blades sit on top of it mm. um mm-hmm. so again yeah you know yeah Maybe I should make these devices. It'd be a lot easier. <laughs> so, t- talking of uh, uh, aperture blades, uh, a common mm. problem uh, that uh, people come across is uh, aperture blades that are stuck. Um, so, perhaps you can tell us why. Well, there might be a few causes of it, but uh, what, what can you tell us about stuck aperture blades and how to fix yeah. them and such? It's it's always going to be oil from the focusing. You know, the the, the grease is separated into its different different bits and bobs. The, the mm-hmm. thin stuff has made its way into the to the aperture. Um, I mean, that's all it is. You've, you've you've got to take it apart, clean it all out, put it back together. Um, you know, you, there's not there's not a, a lot of shortcuts when you've got oil oil on your iris blades. And as far as as far as um cleaning them off then so how how what's the process for cleaning oil off the blades best thing to use um isopropyl alcohol in mm. fact that, that stuff's mm. good for most things you know you can you can clean optics with that as well um although it will have a bit of a residue so you know you you can have to do something up with it afterwards as well in fact you could try that on fungus as well i don't mm. tend to use it um i have had experiences where it can it's, it's almost a bit too dry i know it doesn't make sense but you know it can can mark the optics if you've got a little bit of grit or dirt or whatever um but for yeah for blades isopropyl alcohol take all the bits and bobs out make sure you've you know got a note of where these things are and and and, and you know clean it off put it back together bob's your uncle so is there is there a way of actually cleaning them in situ or is that just not going to work there is um i wouldn't recommend it it's a bit of a bodge um 
if you've got a lens, you know, that's not worth anything, or it's not, you know, worth sending off to repair, you could give it a try. Um, I'm not sure if should be telling you these things. Nobody's listening. You can take some iris assemblies out. So if you've got a Pentax, you know, SMC 50mm 1.8, um, the whole the whole um, optics and aperture assembly all comes out. The iris, all, you know, all comes out in one one unit. So you can take the rear optics out, take the front optics out, and you're just left with the iris assembly. So in yeah. that case, you could soak that in alcohol, the whole thing, hmm. um, and then, you know, um, let it dry out or, blow, you know, blow it out with a, a compressed air. Um, do that a couple of times, and that will get rid of most of it. Um if it's in situ and you try the same thing, you know, putting alcohol in into the assembly without taking all the blades out and then trying to blow it through, you risk, you know, this is taking the optics out, obviously. You do risk, you know, other things around the lens from the focusing and the, the levers and all the rest of it. You know, you, you can cause more trouble than it's worth. So, mm. yeah. Um, I suppose you know if you had alcohol on a on a cotton bud, you could you know try wiping off the blades, but you'll never get to the hidden areas underneath. So you know it's best to take it apart, you know clean clean it all, and and, and the job's done. Or send it to someone who knows what they're doing. Yes, that's 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 definitely the preferred option. <laughs> not, there. not necessarily me, <laughs> <laughs> especially if you tried it first. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, that 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 is a fair point. So I've I've, I've been sent lenses before um, that somebody's uh, had to go at fixing and said, "Could you could you just send it to your guy?" and uh, and I'll walk in there and as soon as I say, um, "Somebody sent me this," they've had a go and and before I finish the sentence, he's, he's like pointing for me to leave. <laughs> do, oh, yeah. do not i mean those are the worst repairs those are the worst oh, ones jeez um, i i have a uh, i have something i'll i'll send uh to share with the podcast this episode there was a uh, at central camera upstairs in the repair department there's a, a comic from a newspaper on the wall uh basically to the effect of this guy walking in with a bag full of <laughs> of random parts and dumping them on the repair guy's desk and saying, I thought I'd fix this myself, but why, why, why deprive, you know, a professional of his livelihood? <laughs> and I, that's why I don't try to take things apart. Cause I'm too embarrassed to tell someone I, I effed it up, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it reminds me. There's a, uh, a chap who I I know through Twitter who who sends me a few bits and bobs, and he contacted me a few weeks back and said he had a, a Pentax SPF. Um, I, could I reassemble it for him? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, I must have been in a good mood because I said, "Yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go." <laughs> he said, "Fair play to him. He sent it to me, and he wrapped it up really well, and, and all the bits were nicely catalogued. It, it wasn't a bag of camera, you know. It wasn't just like a <laughs> all the screws all mixed up and everything. You know, he he, he, he was he was good about it. Um, and I put the funny thing is, I put." <laughs> I put it back together for him and I couldn't find anything wrong with it. <laughs> wow. And I think what it was, because it was a, a Pentax SPF, it's got open aperture metering and it's got mm. um, stop down metering. But if you put an open aperture metering lens on it, it won't stop down meter. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm right saying that. Unless you've got an old lens on it. 
Yeah. So I think he was trying. He was. Yeah. He was trying to do open aperture with a stop-down meter. Anyway, whichever way it was, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't working, so he took it apart. But it's perfectly oh, fine yeah. once I reassemble it. Oh man! <laughs> but if, but if I hadn't liked him so much and he hadn't been such a nice chap, I probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah. <laughs> well. Um, I, ju- I just want to go to two two things about uh, blades and oil and, and stuff like that. The, fir- the first one yeah. is in- it's interesting me that you're using um, isopropanol uh, to clean the blades uh, because the the method that I hear most people uh, talking about as far as cleaning oil off blades is um, lighter fluid and naphtha. Yeah, what's what's that all about? Yeah, I've, I see that as well. I've no idea. I've never used it. It sounds flammable. I don't know. I suppose it is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, well we, we, we could pose that question to the king of uh, lighter fluid repair, which of course we're talking about Mike Ekman. Um, Mike will just bait. Mike, I think has like these just 50 gallon vats of, naphtha that he just throws entire cameras into we can we can ask him about this but but uh, i i I believe that having talked with mike and having dabbled in naphtha camera repair myself um i believe that idea is like especially with with like apertures for uh um leaf shutter lenses is that it 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 essentially just dissolves all of the old gunk in there that's um sticking everything together and it just kind of it it doesn't necessarily leave a residue so that, you know, you just kind of like dissolve all the stuff over the course of a period of time and the, and everything pretty much works again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never used it. I've never had any experience of anyone who did, but yeah, I'm open to, I'm open to always open to new, um, I, new I, techniques. I, Maybe I should go and buy some and see what it does. I, I do. Uh, I do think it's, <laughs> it's worth taking a look at that. I mean, certainly, uh, the reason why I say that is um, because my my repair guy uses it. Um, although yeah. he's got a very specific tip about lighter fluid, and it says don't use Zippo uh, lighter ah, fluid. Yeah, um, right. And uh, because apparently the Zippo lighter fluid's got something else in it, some kind of lubricant or something like that, and that yeah. makes yeah. it. Yeah. Which sort of does actually make a bit of sense now. Because if the other stuff doesn't leave a residue, but you've got a lubricant in one that does, then that will leave a residue, and that's what you what you don't want. So, uh, so um, yeah, normal normal lighter fluid is is another method. But uh, at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, if you, you've is, got is something it that works for you, safe, that sort of thing though. Well, I was worried. You know, if you, uh, people used to use acetone for various things, and that that will yeah. kill certain plastic. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I yeah. I, I remember a discussion about a very polarizing discussion about this. I probably it was in like vintage camera collectors about about naphtha and and some you know lens repair professionals said you've got to be crazy. I I this is not in any. <laughs> There's no anything professionally that says use this stuff, and then and then somebody somebody like shared a uh, uh, something out of like a, a Russian I think it was in Russian like Soviet camera repair thing that mentioned specifically using naphtha probably because you know the stuff was plentiful and easy to get or whatever um, and was just some down and dirty repair method. So I I, I, I suppose it it's one of those things maybe that works but it's not necessarily like the professional way to do it kind of thing. Yeah. yeah I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you're a professional. 
I'm not. A, I'm not a professional. No, I was. I was never trained by any anyone, any authorized you know, service company ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm winging it like the rest of you. <laughs> oh dear. No, but that, talk, talking to the Russians, are these the same Russians that used? Um, um, pink grease for the for the focusing of lenses. Did I hear not? Did I hear that once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, a, 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 a salty kind of bacon grease. Yeah, bacon grease. Yeah, that yeah. was that was yeah, the uh, that that's what made all the lenses work better. And if and if uh, if if grandma wasn't there putting bacon fat on the on the lenses, then uh, they 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 seized up in no time. Yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> true story. True story. Yeah, no, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. Um, should we should we move on to on to our next question? Sure, let's do it. Um, this next question is from Stephen Stig Star. Uh, oh, Stig. Yeah. yeah. Stig. Yeah. Yeah. Question for Lyndon! Exclamation point. All right, here we go. Hi, sunbeams. Oops, sorry, wrong podcast. Exclamation point. <laughs> So you asked for questions. Uh, well, here's one for you. Having recently made a complete balls up of ordering a Nikon non-AI lens when I thought I was ordering, when I, wait, when, when I thought it was an AI lens, better go to spec savers, he says. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, won't, you, won't, you won't understand that in America. But don't, no, don't. I have no idea what, what spec savers We'll, we'll just gloss over that. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very good. Yeah. Uh, what does Lennon think about... Uh, AI conversions, um, is it a service he offers? And if not, would you recommend doing it yourself at home with either a file or a conversion kit, either to be recommended for an amateur tinkerer? Question mark. Cheers, Stig. Right. Um, yeah. No to the file. <laughs> just, just <laughs> you know, you've got this classic Nikon F lens. Right, then it's perfect, and and you're going to take a file to it. Okay, no, don't do that. <laughs> Stay Please away from the file. That. Yeah, I, I, so many times. How about a Dremel? How about a Dremel? Yeah, oh, yeah, with a power tool. Of course, if it's a Dremel, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. No, don't do it. Don't don't do it. No, so many times I bought a really nice lens, and then you look at the back, and someone's butchered it. Yeah. Oh, what have you done? Just oh don't do it you've ruined it well, i mean yeah. it might work it might work on your ai camera but who cares you've just just ruined it and yeah. probably all the filings have gone inside in the focusing oh, i don't know don't do it um the i mean back back in the day there used to be conversions you know nikon would supply a, a, a new aperture ring with all the bits and bobs on it but presumably all that sort of stuff's you know gone by the wayside you know i doubt you can find up nikon and, and order any of those things um I, I don't know. I don't know what you'd do. Um, to machine a new aperture ring is going to be crazy money, I would have thought. Um, so maybe if it's not an expensive lens and it's got a bit of fungus in and you want to make it AI, take a file to it. Other than that, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend doing it, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe you can 3D print these things now. Uh, yeah, well, maybe. True. Can you 3D print that sort of stuff? Yeah, I don't. I don't see why. I, not. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's something that I mean we talked about uh, in a show a while ago when we had uh, Ivo uh, Mikkelsen uh, on, and uh, and he was talking about the Ed Mika or Ed Mika 
conversions yeah, for yeah. Uh, Minolta lenses and things to uh, go on to uh, and, and Canon lenses. That's it. Canon lenses, uh, FD lenses, going on to onto yeah. EOS mount, and that was using uh, uh, effectively a plastic mount, but the, but it was. In, it, it was milled rather than printed, I believe, and uh, and really, really tough. And certainly, that that process will be easily strong enough to to uh, for the AI uh, coupling. Um, but I don't know if anybody's really yeah. looked into that. That could be an interesting one. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I, I think that's got to be the way forward, isn't it? Um, you know, but by no means am I an expert on AI conversions and what's available, but I'm. Pr- I'm pretty sure there's there's nothing else that you can do. Um, so if someone can 3D print one or you know mill one up from a tough type of type of plastic, um, that's got to be way forward. But it's going to be specific to each lens. You know, they're yeah. not going. It's not going to be a aperture ring. You know, right. for one fits all. It's you know, and even in between, probably more, you know um, the, the same lens, there might be different variations. Yeah. Um, yeah. Knowing Nikon. It- it, you know, it's funny because we at the at the shop we obviously we you know we resell lenses and we we get a lot of mm. we get a lot of Nikon lenses in period, but we get we get a lot of lenses in that have been converted. And I mean, within the call it the the business, it, it's really obvious if something has been factory converted. Where I mean, it was you know the the back of the ring was actually ground very precisely and cleanly and neatly, you know. By, probably by Nikon directly, or at least by a uh, someone who was really skilled in doing that, and somebody who just butchered it, you know, and probably yeah. ground through half the rabbit ears and whatever. And it just, oh, some of them are really tragic. But if it's well done, I mean, they're, you know, you can tell it's been converted, but it it looks like a professional job, you know. Yeah. Well, they yeah, appreciate. They, yes. I was just going to say, Nikon Sorry. did actually um, sell the kits, they did. didn't they? So you, well, they, rather than yeah, take yeah, the they, old lens, they would actually sell you the bits, and uh, you just just swap them over. So, so well, and they, they they would do the conversions too. So mm. they, you know, that yeah. was an option. I mean, on a, an expensive lens, you know, a fisheye or whatever, it, you know, you can have it done, aren't you? You know, you yeah. can pay the money mm. for it. But fifty mil, what you know, you're not going to do, it, are you? Yeah. So maybe that's where people file them down. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, that's that. Uh, I had that 105 pre AI um, lens, you know, I mentioned, talked about it probably about two months ago now. And it, it came and, uh, and it was the wrong lens. The, the seller was selling two and he sent me the uh, the butchered one, um, purely by accident, I'm sure. Um, and uh, <laughs> the, um, and it's, and it's, it's, yeah, the irony is it, it was a really dodgy job. Um, but it, it would go straight onto my Nikon FE, no problem at all. Um, mm-hmm. And the lens was good um, optically, and, and, it, and it worked well. Um, but interestingly enough, the, the, I couldn't actually mount it on, on a lens adapter, so I couldn't use it on digital, which you know I want to be able to do. Um, that was probably the thing that I decided, no, I'm not, I'm not going to keep this. And then uh, I, I've received the correct one, uh, which hadn't been uh, modified, uh, which meant that uh, yes, it would still mount on a on a on an FE, but you wouldn't get the uh, the index index um, metering with it, which is uh, which was a shame. But it's nice when you can actually use that uh, that 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 method. But uh, at least this one I can actually use on digital. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
few more few more questions and they, they were our, our listener questions and we've sort of uh, supplemented those but i've 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 got some and i, I don't know if uh, if if johnny has but um there's a actually know what before i even come on to that one there was one point which we didn't talk about with um oil on blades and we we know that when you have oil on uh, an automatic aperture that's the kind that allows open aperture well you, you look through the the viewfinder and the, the lens stays open to help you with the focus and then it closes down automatically this is pretty much with uh, film slrs we're talking about now yeah um yeah. now when you have oil on on those kind of blades that's what can they, it can one it can cause them to stick and usually in the in, in, in the open position but also you it can slow the aperture blades down. so they will actually open and close but they do so too slowly for it to effectively work properly and get a get a correct exposure um so there's there's no real doubt that oil on automatic blades as they're called or at least that's what i call them is is a bad thing um but there's a different school of thought and I'm very interested to see what, what, what your view is on preset um, blades because um, you see some blades and they look, they, they almost look like they're just like gagging for some uh, lubricant on them. Um, and, uh, and then there are, there, and then you hear that, you know, no, they should, they should always be dry. And then there's, a, and then somebody would take the view, well, on certain preset lenses, um, a little bit of oil, that's in a tiny bit of oil is actually advantageous. I mean, I'm just wondering what your view is on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. A little bit of oil isn't going to make a lot of difference. Um, too much will, will, you know, will cause a problem or the wrong, you know, the if it's more grease than oil is going to cause those blades to um, sort of stress together, almost pucker up when you, when you try and turn it, you can see the blades almost lifting. Mm. That's, mm. you know, that's no good. You, you've got to do something about that um, because depending on where the optics are, they could even touch the optics, you know, and leave marks on the, you know, mm. on them. Um so yeah, yeah, I, I I I kind of agree with what you're saying. A little bit's fine, um, in a and in a preset lens, it'd be unusual if it didn't have a little bit on there. Um, but too too much or, or or grease, if you like, is is going to cause a problem. Because um, if the, if 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 there's too much friction, um, those blades will pop out as well. You know, they'll 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 come out of alignment. Um, and then who wants to reassemble a 15 blade iris? Well, I've only done it once and I'm not doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the, 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 those people that um, just hate to see any oil at all, um, they will usually then say uh, something on the lines of, well, if you've got oil on there, then that oil is going to, at it's, it's some period, it's going to migrate uh, onto, onto the optics. Um, which may may or may it not might. be true. I don't know. No, no. It might, you know, a bit of evaporation might happen, but it's going to happen anyway. You know, I would say with an old lens. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. Wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's my viewpoint as well. By the way, I, I, if if I, if there's something on on the the optics either side of the iris, that then it can be opened up and cleaned up relatively easy with these with these lenses, generally speaking. So I don't I tend not to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's let's talk about haze. 
Um, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> what's, um, <laughs> what's, what's, your, what's, your, what's your take on Hayes? What is Hayes? Hayes? What is Hayes? This is a, this is a good question. Yeah, go on, um, Johnny, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it could, it could be a few things, couldn't it? It could be balsam that's gone a bit nasty. Um, it could be the coatings that have, for whatever reason, um, become... Um, you know, like on 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 the the back to the Olympus fifty mil one eight, you know, the rear optic that effectively goes hazy because the whatever the maybe the glass the coatings are made of, it's reacted with the fungus, mm. gone hazy. Um, or if, if you're the front element of a Leica Sumacron, it's you know everyone using their tie to clean the front optic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a few different things. I mean, it can be oil from you know the focusing that's evaporated. That's that's the best sort of haze because it'll clean off. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Was that the answer you were looking for? Uh, well, it's it's just a a, a, a general thing, really. Um, and I mean, so so let's go into this in a, in a little bit more detail then. So uh, you you get you get a lens and. It has haze, so it, it's when you're you're looking through it or you're shining a light through it. it it's not crystal clear. Um, would your yeah. approach to dealing with that depend upon what you already know about that type of lens, or do you, do you or do you have a a certain way of approaching it and working out what the problem is and how likely you are you're going to be able to fix it? Yeah, I mean, you can you can normally tell what it is and whether it's going to clean. Um, but not always. Sometimes you just got to go in there and ha you know and have a look. Um, I would say you, not, you you tend to get haze on cheap cheap zoom lenses. Tend to get it, um, mm. and in that case, it's normally um, you know a, bol a balsam problem. Um, but yeah, not not always. It's one of those things. You know, haze can cover all sorts of different you know different things. But yeah, if you've got you've got a cheap eighty to two hundred m forty two lens. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it had haze, um, you know, haze in it, Hanimex, something like that. Yeah. Mm. So if you've got a, an old Leica lens, uh, many of the, yeah. one of the LTM39 lenses, and there's many of them have haze of some description, um, what would your process be to deal with it or, or not for that matter? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't touch... I wouldn't touch it, wouldn't get involved. Um, you know, like there's, there are plenty of specialists out there um, that, that do Leica um, and they'll be the best, the best people to deal with it. Um, if, you know, if, if we're talking about the, the problem you get with those front optics on the Sumacron, is it a Sumacron? I'm sure. Yeah, yeah it, it, has, uh, it has soft glass on the front, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? It is, yeah. it is. The only thing I've seen um, that's improved it um, was on the internet looking something up. Um, and I came across someone that was you that was using some sort of hydro hydrogen peroxide or some sort of mixture that really did improve it. Because um, I don't think those front optics are glass, are they? I think they're they're, they're made of something else. I know um, it's, it's it, notoriously it, soft. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I don't know. I don't know what you'd do about that really. But I, I did see somebody that that managed to improve it and took a lot of the milkiness out of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, you. It's, I'm not. I'm not. In, not the guy for that answer. No, it's okay. Well, a question which is, I'm not sure if this is, is 
if Hayes is, is quite the category to talk about this one. Uh, but we've on several occasions we've we, we've talked about the Canon LTM 3950 mil 1.2, and that is known to have Hayes issues or a specific issue that uh, we've certainly come across is where uh, you, you look inside the lens and it looks like there are a lot of beads of uh, water that have, that have um, um, beaded <laughs> and yeah. uh, um, but you know you can shake the lens and nothing happens they just sit there so you you know these are like uh, uh, globules of something sticky and gooey um, is that something you've you've come across before no, not really. Um, no, I don't know what that could be. Okay. And it's specific to that lens, is it? It's, Which, what's the lens? It's a 50mm f1.2, uh, but it's the LTM39 uh, version. Right, not the... not uh, yeah. 1.2, so I mean, that's Yeah, it's a rangefinder range lens. Quite a rare one, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen one. Oh, okay, well, I mean, certainly when... I can tell you about when... when I had mine and I, I, I took it took it in to see if it could be looked at and uh, it literally just just smeared uh, this, this hmm. stuff did and then uh, and what was left behind it was uh, almost it almost looked like it was mirrored um, and it, hmm. it seemed like you know, yeah. you'd need to like polish the uh, the elements and then reapply some coating or something on those lines yeah I wonder, I wonder if it could be you know a coating that literally is just degraded and 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 you know fallen apart it's you know from what you described yeah. Um, yeah. But if you, I mean, sometimes if you do remove a coating, it doesn't always, you know, it will affect it a little bit, but it's not going to, it's not going to destroy the lens. Um, you know, rather than going to all the cost of having it recoated, which sometimes, well, I suppose a 1.2, it's, it's probably worth it, but, but for most lenses, it's, it's not going to be, is it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we, we, we talked um, a few weeks ago, we had Matthew Duclos uh on on the show and uh we we talked to, in depth about uh balsam separation and uh, yeah I, I listened to that that was really interesting yeah <laughs> and so i mean the, his 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 method um to oversimplify it was to to boil the elements over a, over a period of time until they yeah, split yeah. and then uh, he would then clean them up and uh, reapply uh, a yeah. modern uh, adhesive. So, is is that something that um, having having listened to that, is that is that something that that's uh, piqued your interest to the point where you think, well, perhaps there might be something you could do on that front? Yeah, I've always wanted to try it, but it's notoriously notoriously dangerous. Um, you know, even if you do all the right things, you you know you can you can destroy the optic. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's worth it's got to be worth a try on something at one point, isn't it? Yeah. You, yeah. But no, I, there used to be a specialist company um, called Ballam Optics that did all did all that sort of work for pretty much the whole country. Um, and once they went, I don't believe anybody's taken over. Um, you know, as a you know a, a company rather than you know somebody doing the, doing it themselves. Um, no, I, I you know I don't know what people what people do with lenses like that. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, okay. Let's let's uh, move on to another another area, and that's the the, the lens helicoid, and uh, in particular, um, seized or stiff uh, helicoids. Um, yeah. What's are there are there any quick fixes on that one, or is it uh, a case of really 
the quick fixes aren't aren't worth doing, and uh, you should st- strip them down. Or is it more of a, also a case of actually to strip one of those things down can sometimes take so long it's probably not worth doing. I mean, what, what's your what's your take on that? Yeah, if you've got a lens and it is a relatively cheap lens, you know, it's a twenty thirty pound lens. It's never going to be economic to you know to send it to someone like me to get it done. Um, so you could have a go yourself. The best way is always going to be strip it down, replace all that, all that, all that um, degraded grease, or grit, or sand, or whatever's got in there. Um, that's going to be the best route. But it's not, it's not easy. I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend it to somebody who's not done that sort of thing before. You know, it's really you, you've got to be very precise, take a lot of notes, like a, make a lot of marks on the lenses to know where things begin and start, because these helicals will be multi, multi-start threads. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Get it. You know, have a go yourself. If it's a cheap lens, but not if you've not if you've not done that sort of thing before, because you're just going to end up end up with a bag of lens. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I I did it once with a Helios forty four dash two, and the there are a few um, YouTube um, yeah. videos that uh, give you an idea, and they're they're actually pretty good if you if you understand uh, yeah. th- these things. But I think a lot of the times it, it's it's a case of you, you think you know what you're doing because you're following somebody that knows what they're doing. Well, actually, they've got yeah. this extra little bit of knowledge that you don't, and and you miss something that's actually very, very important. And uh, mm. and the, the one bit that uh, you just mentioned there, you talk about various entry points on helicoids, and this is where yeah. we're talking about when you completely take the, the take the parts apart and then you put them together again. Um, I did. I was doing a great job of uh, stripping this lens apart, and uh, and I and, and I put some grease on it, and uh, I realised I put too much on it, and I had to take some mm. back off it, and and, and so on. And was, was the thought is like, well, more grease has got to be better. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, well, 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 no, and 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 no doubt you can you can tell us why in a moment. But uh, I know that when I put the helicoid back together again. And it took me forever to actually put this 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 lens to back together. Um, it didn't focus correctly because I'd missed the I hadn't marked the entry point that I needed to use. Um, so I yeah. I lost I don't know I don't think it would focus to infinity anymore. Or, or so there was something weird going on with it, um, yeah. and uh, and so on. So um, so yeah. Any any tips on uh, greasing helicoids? Like what kind of grease to use? How much grease to use? Yeah, grease is always a problem um, because not all lenses have got the same tolerance. Um, <coughs> some, you know, things like a Nikon lens will be um, completely different to a, you know, certainly a, um, a Pentax lens. Um, you can't use the same two grease, same grease on both of those. Um, sometimes it's just you've you just get a, a feel for how much and and, and what what will work and what won't. Um, but there's, there are various greases you can get from Japan, um, of different, um, viscosity, um, you know, to do the job, but they're very expensive. Um, if you're just doing one lens, it's, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not always a good option. Um, if you, if you're doing as, I mean, zoom lenses, don't touch those cause they're going to be, you know, they're going to be a nightmare, you know, a standard 50 mil lens is a good place to start if you want to do it yourself. Um, but make lots of make lots of marks. You know, think about what you're taking off. What's going to happen when you you know when you take that that piece off? 
um, because if you if you if you lose it, it's like a puzzle. And unless you know what you're doing, or you've got something to set it up with afterwards, you're going to be you're going to be in trouble. So what, yeah, just make lots of notes. You know, everyone's got a smartphone these days. Take lots of pictures. Um, yeah, and you and you you can't go far wrong. Um, and if it's an SLR lens, you you know, and you do lose the infinity setting, you can point it out the window um, and set it up pretty well. You know that way. And I mean, one of the it's interesting when you talk about you know different different greases for different lenses and different viscosities, uh, because whenever you you know people talk about these things who are you know not professionals, um, they they usually come back and say, well, lithium grease. Um, that that seems to be a, mm. a a grease that most people seem to point at, which you know you've already gone past that point by saying you know use the right grease for the right job. But uh, just wonder if you've got any 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 views on lith lithium grease for for those people that no, aren't going to go out and buy the very specific uh, grease. Yeah, I've I've never used the stuff to be honest. Um, so no, I can't I can't say I can't say anything about that. Um, I did find. Um, yeah, it, it's it's difficult to recommend a grease and and sort of explain what you know if you mm. were going out looking for some what <laughs> what would be a good consistency you get a feel for it. Um, so I can't really give you give you much more information than that. No, and um, to, to be to be fair, I wasn't I wasn't really uh, looking at, looking at that. It was it was it was it was more about um, the lithium, debunking uh, lithium as the uh, as the elixir of grease that yeah. solves all problems. I don't know. Maybe I should go and buy some and just see what it's like because it, it, <laughs> it might fit into uh, to something I've you know I've not I've not used before. Um, but what always worries me about new grease is if you've not you know if you've not used it before is is it going to separate quite quickly? Mm -hmm. You know, is it going to you know is that going to the finer parts? Is that going to make its way into the the aperture eventually? After you know after six months. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If people have used it and they find, found it to be good, um, then that's that's a pretty good recommendation, you know, because mm -hmm. they'll 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 certainly know if it's been you know if it's caused an issue later on down the line. Well, the, um, well, the Helios lens that I ruined, uh, it, yeah. it, it it turns really nicely. <laughs> I mean, I would never use it because I've ruined it. <laughs> if pig grease is going to do the job, I reckon anything's going to be a bonus in one of those. <laughs> 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 yeah um okay let's 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 talk about um some 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 lenses now um and uh just just in 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 general um is there is there a brand of lens that you find that is just really easy uh to work on um or is it a case of well it just depends i mean so if you know somebody drops you uh you've got you've got the choice of doing 50 Olympus lenses or Canon lenses or uh, uh, Nikon lenses or or, or, what, or Minolta's, whichever. Um, is is there a brand of lens that is just easier for you to work on? Um, there's, I mean, there's some some are better than others. Um, I would say it, it's, it depends what you're going to do to it. Mechanically, uh, I would say if it's Russian, it's not going to be the most refined. Um, it's it's going to be a bit basic. Um, it's not going to be great to work on and the quality of the materials isn't going to be great either. So things like grub screws will just break. Mm. Um, you know, the, the threads will just fall apart. So I wouldn't, you know, I'm not keen on doing Russian lenses, but saying that they're not worth a lot. So you don't tend to get many sent for repair. 
um, you know, people don't don't like to spend more than the lens is worth um, to get it fixed. Um, the Olympus lens is a nice to do. Yeah, Minolta, you know, these are manual focus lenses, not autofocus lenses. No, no. We don't talk about those on the show. No. Oh, you don't? Brilliant. That's, that's fine. <laughs> they're, they're all crap. So we just, yeah, we, that's, that's our view, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's good. That's good. So, um, yeah, Minolta MD lenses are nice. Uh, not so keen on um, FD lenses because the breech lock is a bit of a clunky sort of, yeah, it's not, it's not nice. Um, but, yeah, I don't like zoom lenses personally. I don't, like, don't really like to work on them. They can be a bit of a, a puzzle um to get into um but again you know zoom lenses aren't fashionable these days so they tend not to be worth a lot of money so you you tend not to see them um but yes fixed fixed focal length lenses absolutely fine to work on if they're you know if they're, they're russian i'm not so keen on them um the best things to work on are things you've never done before you know if someone sends you a lens you've you've never seen it never taken one apart they're the best ones to do because they they you know provide a bit of a challenge a bit more interesting mm. yeah that, i mean and that it's interesting you just said that because uh, when i uh, drop in to see uh, john uh, with with some things uh, whatever I've, uh, I've i've picked up but there, there are times where i'm thinking oh i don't know what he's going to think about this he's he's not seen one of these before and i don't so i don't know what his attitude's going to be towards him it's, it sounds as if like i'm scared to go up there sometimes <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like he's very mean to you what has he done yeah. <laughs> yeah. does he abuse you when you go in <laughs> like i say you know, he, has, he has told me to go away when i've when i've uh, said yeah, how about doing this nope <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah but he, he also surprised me because i'll i'll, I'll put, bring something weird whether it be a camera or, or whatever and say and say i've got a bit of a problem with this and his, his eyes light up at times you know it's because oh i've not seen one of those before and yeah, um, well, and yeah then, it's, i know exactly how he feels yeah it's 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 amazing because again i'm not bragging but i've seen a lot of stuff i've seen a lot of cameras and a lot of equipment not not necessarily repaired it but because but through when I was working in the shop, a lot of stuff came through, we, you know, weird and wonderful stuff. So when you see something you've never seen before, it genuinely is a surprise because it must be pretty rare if you've not seen one. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's, it is. Yeah, it's, it, it's good. It's, a, it's um, you know, it's, it's like being an enthusiast about something. Um, you know, everyone's if you're a car enthusiast, Ford Escorts, all that sort of thing. Everybody's seen them. But you see something odd. It's, you know, it, it, it's good. Well, that, that that that's exactly it, and you know, I'll, I'll take something to him, and uh, and he'll be there pondering, you know, how to work it out. I mean, actually, one of the things was um, a Thornton Picard uh, shutter uh, that had mm. stopped working for for some reason. Probably stopped working about fifty years ago uh, yeah, when it was seventy years old. <laughs> and, wow! Uh, and. Uh, and uh, it did actually work when I first had a go at it, and I think I did something wrong, which is not that difficult to do with something uh, Victorian. Yeah. And um, and I, I, I took that up, and and he just like looked at it and uh, think, oh, I need to get into this somehow. So he, and he just goes through that process of working. Well, okay, so that screw there now that's not a screw to take it apart. That's a screw that tensions something, and 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 this is something that you know guys like you will have this. This understanding of uh, a basic understanding of how how things actually work, uh, whereas somebody like me, I'll screw and I'll just undo it, 
and mm-hmm. um, and it, it, it was fascinating just to, to watch him dissect um, this this item he'd never never worked on before, and then you know within a relatively short period of time he was inside it and he was rewinding it and he was saying yeah go and get some string, um, <laughs> I had to go off and get, get get some string and I bought they got the right kind and he and uh, and he put it back together again and it worked perfectly and he and he's got you know and I'm sure you've got as well there a piece of equipment where you can test the the shutter speeds. And uh, yeah, and it was it was it was accurate yeah, within within reason. But so, you know, most most things are, are never completely accurate. But this was as accurate yeah. as anything else you'd expect of of, of something newer. So uh, it was just great great to see the enthusiasm there of, of like like it's like 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 you express it like a saying you know where you come across something new and you want to learn and you want to play with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know the feeling. It's it's yeah. So when, it doesn't happen very often, but it does. It's 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 good. But I always I always worry if someone brings me something I've not seen it before, they might think that I don't know what I'm talking about because I haven't seen it before. <laughs> but it's com- it's the complete opposite. <laughs> and you think, well, how you know you get something? How how does that how does that operate? Um, and that's that's fun, to, you know, fun to work out. I suppose it's the same when you guys see see camp. You know, you'll get that feeling more often than I will. Um, so you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Yeah, last time I happened, I bought a lens off you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know that I feeling not well. Show you anything else. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's quite that's quite an unusual lens, isn't it? It is. They they must have done a set of them, but whether they all all fit different focal uh, not fo- uh, different formats, I don't know. I was hoping you were going to tell me. Well, I, I did I did some research on it, and all I could find was. Uh, I think there's one of these in the, in in a museum somewhere in a Kodak museum, um, and that was as much as I could find out about it. I did work out the focal length, which I've now forgotten. Um, mm. uh, but the bit I need to work out is uh, is just how much of an image circle it actually gives, and that's something that I need to learn how to do that because there's going to be I don't know if you know how to do this, but there is a, a there is a method where you I believe you shine something through it and you can actually work out what the image circle is from it but i have not worked out how to how to do that yet i suppose the only way to do it would be to sort of jig it up on a a 5.4 camera and just well i have see what the the, the extremes are yeah the 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 problem with that though is when you you put it onto a large format camera the the and you're looking through something and the, the actual um what you see through there is is relatively dim to start off with and, th- and this isn't a particularly fast lens and and what you see in the corners of it when using the view camera is, is even dimmer i guess it's just it's more about actually getting a really bright source light source um yeah and bright sunny day that's what you need yeah i guess, I guess so i just need to work harder at it that's what you're telling me really isn't it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but now I'm slightly worried. If there's what there's only one you've ever seen, and it's in the Kodak Museum, I'm thinking I sold it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, other other lenses of this brand have have, have not gone for staggering sums, so um, I, th- I, th- I think I think you you you're, you're safe there. So I wouldn't worry Probably too much. Safe. Yeah, I, I, want, I'm, I was more interested in using it rather than anything else anyway. So well, there we go. It's a nice oh, it's, 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 it's a nice piece of kit. Um, so. Uh, lenses. We talked about lenses that uh, you uh, are generally easier to work on, and you've always. And I think you've. I was going to ask you about nasty lenses. Now you've already talked about uh, uh, zoom lenses that you don't like to 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 work on those. Yeah. Um, are yeah. there any other lenses that that 
you you think, oh God, I don't want one of those. Um, do you, do, are there any any particularly well known lenses that you would rather not be working with? Um, well, yeah, I mean, zooms pretty much. I don't like to do any of those. Um, they're just 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 a pain. Um, I would say things. I mean, jobs to do on lenses. Uh, if you've got uh, a wide angle a 28 mil lens say and it's got fungus in it the optics are going to be pretty small and there's going to be quite a few of them um so unless the fungus is contained um in between the the front and rear elements um you can have a job on your hand to clean it and and you know and, and not get more dusting and, and and all the rest of it so don't really like doing those because they you can spend hours and hours and hours on them um, you know, trying to get them get them clean and looking good. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't like fungus. I don't like fungus at all. It's, it is a pain because you think it's under one optic and then you clean that one and then you find it's under another one and you can go on and on and on. <laughs> um, I suppose really, you know, large, large optics can also be a pain to clean as well because they can collect just as much dust as a, a small one. I um, once... Um, took I think it was a, a Sigma 500 mil zoom. Um, I can't remember what's what's the the you probably can't can't place it either. It's something like 200 to 500. Um, was part of quite a popular lens um, in autofocus. I once because it comes off quite easily. Took the front elements apart mm. um, to clean just a small spot, and I wish I'd left it because it took hours and hours and hours to get to get it clean afterwards. Um, so rather than you know lenses that I really hate, other than Russian ones, it's going to be cleaning, <laughs> cleaning bloody fungus, and, you know, getting it to look good. Yeah. But no, I don't. You know, I, I don't mind. I don't mind most things. Yeah. yeah. Well, at the end of the day, that's 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 what you do. You're a professional, and uh, you 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 take things as they come. Yeah, yeah. You don't always get a lot of choice. No, no. <laughs> uh, um. Johnny, I'm I'm pretty much out of my questions, and I, I don't know if you've if you've got any uh, any things you want to put to Linda. I, I do have one because, and again, <clears throat> I I think I've said that I I know my limits, which are many when it comes to doing anything uh, with with lens repair. Um, but one thing that really um, think puts me off even further from attempting things like this is the thought of how do you how do you keep lens elements properly centered when you're reassembling a lens because i know that decentered elements can be a really big problem especially with zoom lenses um and th th i mean there are i have customers that come into the shop who have a zoom lens and they've dropped it and they want to have it repaired and i'm like you know what just you really don't want to you don't you really don't even want to bother with this because it's if it's if it's that far out of alignment the chances that it's ever going to go back together with everything recentered correctly and work properly are probably minimal and it, you're going to spend far more on it than it's worth so i'm wondering and you, you know you've already stated that <laughs> zoom lenses no thank you um yeah. but even with some prime lenses is is getting everything recentered again when you're assembling, you know, how do you go about that? I mean, do that, do, do the optics tend to 
the elements tend to go back into place as they should, or or do you or do you have to, you know, to, yeah, to they, wor work that most, very carefully? Yeah, yeah. Most lenses should go back together in in the right place. You know, you shouldn't have to center up most lenses. There's a couple. Okay. Um, just trying to think, some of the East German lenses. Um, well, Jupiter Ju 11, the 135 f4, I think that might be yeah. one to think about because so i know that i tried to put one of yeah. those back together again and the, the actual one of the elements i don't know if was, i'm not sure if it's the front one or the next one back um, but it just it just randomly sits in the space mm. but it could actually go it could sit in lots of multiple different places effectively yeah um, yeah yeah so there's a f there are, are a few lenses like that and the, the only way to assuming that it was right in the first place is <laughs> to make a note of <laughs> how you've taken it apart you know if it, there's i can't remember the lens but there's there's one lens it's the rear the rear elements come all come out in one go um but they're held in by three screws but the optics don't you you know you can put them in and tighten up these three grub screws but you know you you've it's it doesn't fit flush so you've you've you can have it in multiple multiple positions um god knows why they made it like that maybe the optics weren't particularly centered in the first place when they, you know, they made them. So that's their, their workaround. Um, you, the only way to do that is assuming that it was right in the first place is, is to make a note of um, how many turns of the grub screws and the positions, you know, you know, wow. count on almost. Um, other than that, unless you've got a special um, uh, collimator, you, you, you know, you're not going to be able to do it. Not easily anyway. Yeah. There is. I haven't got one, but there is a special collimator with concentric rings that you project through the lens, um, and when they're all concentric, you know you've got it right. Yeah, but wow. no. <laughs> <laughs> mostly, mostly you're not going to suffer. You're not going to have that problem. You know, okay. it's, it's going to be few and far between. Gotcha. Uh, most lenses will go go together. You know, in in the way they should. Uh, when when we talk about decentering. Um, this, I mean, I mentioned the um, the uh, Jupiter Eleven uh, just, and as I say, like one of, one of the optics, you could. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's, I think it might be the first the, the first optic. I'm not sure, um, but yeah, it's it's just held in place literally by a, a, a retaining ring, um, yeah. but it doesn't it doesn't slot into it into a spot so it can it can slop about a bit and then you can put the ring on there and then it could be it could just be tightened up in the in an incorrect position very easily um yeah. but I, I can remember and I, and I don't think it was actually this lens i'm talking about but i remember having a time when i had two uh jupiter 11s at this at, at, at a given time uh one of them was it was for a contacts not contacts a kiev mount and yeah. and I, I compared it against uh, I think it was an LTM uh, version and just I was never quite it, this 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 Kiev one looked absolutely immaculate I mean it looked like it had just come straight out of the factory you know it had the certificate with it and all, all the all the things that you know you would like to see with a a, a, a lens um, and I was just never happy with it it never seemed to really get um sharp results and and when i did a a test to just check its sharpness against a, a known lens which i knew was was okay 
I put them on, uh, put the, the camera onto a tripod. I used 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 a Sony, and uh, pointed it at a it's a, a subject, and used the same adapter on the tripod. And and the, one of the first things I noticed when I sort of took the photographs off and looked at them on my computer, and that's the I, I was pointing them at a, a picture frame, and I could see that on one of them, one of the shots, the the frame, sat, the actual the frame appeared to be lower. Uh, than than on the other the than it would appear on the other lens, so uh, it was as if like the, it was pointing upwards uh, on one and pointing straight across at, yeah. at, at another. Is that is that are we talking about decentering there, or is that some other principle that's gone wrong? Um, I don't know. Um, the it, it is always difficult. Um, with some lenses, if then I mean, if they're not made well in the first place, which a lot of this Russian stuff isn't going to be, the, you know, the tolerances aren't going to be great. Um, you could get all sorts. You know, it could be made brand new and just just be a crap lens. Um, you know, yeah. someone didn't do their job properly. No one bothered to test it particularly well. Um, that that wouldn't surprise me. Um, I don't know what effect the you know if we're talking about the same thing. Um, you know, if if you didn't have those optics set up properly, quite what what it, what you would get um, in the results. Um, now, if going back to the, the the front element on that Jupiter Eleven that you say is literally holding but held in by the front ring, if that's the only way it's held in, the only thing it's relying on to keep it centered is the front front ring, because it's not going to be a you know the front front element isn't going to be flat. It's going to be slightly. Mm. Um, slightly raised so the only thing to center it is going to be the front ring you tighten the ring up it finds its own center effectively well, well the, the when when i was reading about how to actually put this thing back in the uh yeah. the, one of the ways was to get a, a mobile phone and set it to vibrate and 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 hold it against the uh the the, the lens in a in a vertical position um in and very very slowly uh tighten the uh the, reta the retaining ring in, in the hope that the vibration and holding something perfectly upright is going to make it find its perfect position wait you've actually yeah. done this simon i've done it i've done it yeah <laughs> i love it that's yeah <laughs> so um, what you do folks is you go to you rent a hotel room with a vibrating bed <laughs> yeah. and <laughs> and you sit on that bed and you fix your lens. <laughs> you can see why I don't repair my own lenses anymore, can't you? Oh, it's great. I mean, no, I, 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 <laughs> I know we laugh, but it, now, now you say it, it sounds, it does sound really plausible. Yeah. But I would worry that the vibrations are going to cause loads of dust to just yeah just migrate into the lens. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, that's all it could be. That's. Yeah, actually, yeah, just, that actually that, that's just reminded me of where, where I was going uh, somewhere and, and I completely lost my trap because the phone rang and uh, and that was whenever I've, I've taken uh, lenses apart myself and given them a good clean and I think oh that's beautiful that is and I'd look through it again I put it reassemble it again and there would always be more dust in it than there was before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolute nightmare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have, I have one more question, or maybe it's a a, a bit, of, a bit of advice, um, and that would just be the basics of you know cleaning lenses. And by this, I mean, 
you've got a you've got a smudge on the front of a lens element or a rear a rear of a lens element the outer element not talking any sort of disassembly or anything here and there are lots of different um opinions about you know how to go about cleaning lenses properly to not do any damage and to you know clean the smudge off and whatever's going on whatever people are feeling compelled to clean um yeah. and i know that i do it a certain way and i know that you know there are different thoughts about doing it i i tend to feel like if it's just dust just blow it off if it doesn't blow off don't worry about it but if it's you know smudges or something that that is going to require some sort of um a little more effort to clean do you I guess I'm asking, do you, what do you do or what do you recommend? Are there, are there tissues or liquids or something that you recommend for just kind of basic lens cleaning? It's a like a tie, yeah. isn't it? Don't you use a like a tie? Yeah, like a tie, right. I was yeah. going to say tie. That's what everyone used to do, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's what I, there's what I would do and there's what I would tell you that I do. Which right, be right. And you don't have to give away any <laughs> trade secrets here. That's, you know. Right. I wouldn't, yeah. Okay. We'll call it a trade secret if you like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if, if if you're gonna do it all right uh, now some people like lens tissues um yeah. my old my old boss who taught me he he he's moved over to lens tissues completely he's he's in love with them um i, I don't like lens tissues i always i don't know i just feel that they're gonna leave you know dust you know like a layer of dust anyway but anyway um i would say get yourself a cotton bud and a little bit of lens cleaner which is you know that's what it's designed for um and just gently i mean very gently if it's a, a thumb mark or something you know gently give it a, a little bit of a clean first, first of all make sure there's no grit or or you know large particles on, the, on that linden I'm, I'm just gonna have to stop stop you there you you're increasingly yeah. sounding like a dalek at the moment um <laughs> i thought it was just me hearing that no, yeah no no um okay so let's just let's just pull pause things a moment well, uh, welcome back. Um, we uh, just stopped the uh, the recording there because we had a, a bit of a technical problem. But Lyndon is back with us now uh, with good audio. And uh, Lyndon, it'd be worth if you'd just go back over uh, what you were saying there about your approved method of uh, cleaning the lens. Yeah, sure. I would say, um, first thing to do, make sure your front optic is nice and clean or, or whatever optic you know, you're know you you're going for. No grit, anything like that on the front because... Any anything you're going to touch it with is likely to pull that that grit around and and you know possibly scratch scratch the optic. So get yourself a cotton bud um, and some lens cleaner. Um, you know that's what it's for. So it's you know it's it's perfectly fine to use on on your optic um, and just gent you know gently apply um, and and clean that smudge off um, and just you know and 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 see how well it comes up. Most most dust on the front of the lens isn't really going to affect it um so yeah you know see how, see how you see how you get on but you, you know you're not going to damage it as long as you're careful does that answer your question johnny it does i thought that was very good yes thank you yeah i mean how, how do you normally deal with it well i mean i i i do start by like blowing off the you know the if it's like so let's say we're gonna i'm gonna clean a front out i start by blowing it off really well so as you said there's no grit or anything on there because yeah. you don't want to just grind it into the to the to the element but i mean for me a first step is usually um after doing that just a, a, a basically a warm breath 
and yeah. you know, hey, yeah, kind of yeah. haze, haze up the haze up the the front element. And then I I like old school lens tissue, like literally the old yellow packets of Kodak tissue, which are just they're really soft and they don't leave a lot of fiber mess. Yeah, and I'll okay. gi- I'll give it a good wipe with with that and just kind of go around. And I mean, and, and usually that it seems like that's usually enough unless there's like some really kind of oily stuff on there that just kind of ends up smudging around the front element. Um, and if that's the case, then I'd probably start with some really mild, uh, liquid, like again, the old school Kodak, um, lens cleaning stuff. It's, it, 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 it seems to be very light on alcohol and it's more like a, a soapy water or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And that stuff seems to be really, really good and gentle. And then if it's, if that doesn't do anything, then there's a product called uh, residual oil remover, which if it's got some sort of really gooey stuff that just won't lift, that stuff seems like it'll lift anything, but that, you know, I, I start with something really just literally a warm breath. And that I think 90% of the time, most lenses, that's all, you need to yeah. cl- clean no. them up, you know. No, I agree. With, you know, you, that's that's the way to do it. I I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, for what it's worth, that's pretty much exactly what I do as well. Well, yeah. all right, okay, right. Well, I think we're pretty much at the end of uh, of the show there. So, Lyndon, you've been a f- fantastic listen to, and uh, great to chat with you. Um, it's it's been it's been really has been fun. Um, going through some of the things we've gone through today um, but we, before we uh, disappear um, I'll come back to you just to uh, so people can find out a bit more about how to get hold of you and any shout outs and things like that but before yeah, sure. we do that um, I just want to just talk about the uh, donations we've had this week on uh, on Kofi or coffee um, because uh, interesting enough we've had three donations in the last seven days um, two of them from one person um and, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, so uh, donation number one uh, was by christopher j may um who puts in there insert clever and witty comment about hosts here <laughs> quotes <laughs> um, and uh saying that another enjoyable uh, week gents uh, have a coffee on me so uh thank you very much uh, uh, christopher um then Nigel Cliff um, says, two coffees for Simon, as he is a very nice man. <laughs> 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 so, um, yeah. <laughs> there, there is a little bit of a backstory to that, as you, as you, as you, as you might imagine. Um, but, um, yes. Anyway, so... Um, yeah. I, 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 I helped him out on something. So, uh, that was... Uh, thank, thank you very much, Nigel. Um and uh, and then our, our third donation is back to Christopher J May, um, and uh, and this this came as a result of listening to last week's uh, show. Uh, and he goes, um, can't have the sunnies brewing stronger coffee. Um, and uh, so here's a trio of coffees for you fine gents. Uh, one for Simon <laughs> Forster to uh, get into the uh, to the Taylor Hobson Cook uh, holiday fund. Uh, one for Johnny. Johnny Sisson Polar Vortex Long Underwear Fund, and one for um, the the, uh, the Carl Havens Mid Show Lens Acquisition Fund. Cheers! So, uh, Excellent. Yeah. So, uh, thank you, Jake. Thank you all. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So, um, so yeah. Thanks for that. Um, if anybody wants to c- contribute to to the show, um, uh, because 
it's it all helps um and by the way we're very close to actually having a website as well which is yes uh, we are which is where uh, your 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 donations are largely going towards at the moment and yeah. uh, uh but if you do want to help support the show uh, if you go to uh coffee and that's ko-fi.com uh, and then just search classic lenses podcast you'll find our page so uh great if you do not a problem if you don't so um thank you all the same um Right then, Johnny, have you got any, any shout-outs uh, this, this week? Um, not, not specifically, I guess. Um, I, I, I don't know if we want to read. There was one more email we oh, had. Was. We, yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, it's kind of a shout-out um, because I know this person. Uh, so uh, Jared Tremper wrote us, uh, sent us an email to say, Hi, gents. Just a quick note of appreciation for the recent guests you've brought on the podcast. I continue to find real value in the combined knowledge and experience of veteran photographers. Uh, a variety of opinions are stimulating and challenging. For those with an open mind, these are these podcasts are invaluable. And that's from uh, Jared in Cary, Illinois, local local guy who I know. So good guy. So, so, so thank when, you very much, Jared. So when he talks about veteran photographers, he's talking about Cole then, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, I, I think this show has um, been a, a great example of uh, what he's just been talking about there. Uh, not so much about the uh, veteran photographers, but um, <laughs> but about shows that are, are really useful. Um, I, th I think anybody that's listened to this uh, uh, podcast is, is, must have picked something up in terms of uh, um, lens repairs or yeah. making them decide, you know what, let's just send them to somebody like Lyndon. Um, because that's just the, the best thing I, I learned that one a few years ago send it you know deal with a professional it, yeah. it's, it just works better uh, you, know, it, you, you will save you will save money by dealing with a professional because if you try these things yourself unless you're you know talented and um, and um, you have an engineering uh, background the chances are you're just going to completely screw things up so so don't 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 do it speak speak to a professional and know your limits people exactly exactly <laughs> and uh, so on on that front um linden how can people uh, get in touch with you um, what are the various ways that uh, you might be able to help them out and uh, with with dodgy lenses and cameras we haven't even talked about cameras but you know that's obviously a, a huge part of what you do so um, how, how can people get in touch with you you can um, you can reach me on twitter um, i'm at londinium camera um, you can get me there or you can go on my website which is londiniumcameras.com and we'll put uh, both of those links in the show notes. And uh, just just so you know, the show notes can be found in lots of places. Uh, um, we put the main post that goes into our Facebook group, uh, Photography with Classic Lenses. Um, so the, the uh, links will be there. We also put the notes into mflenses.com. Um, and, and since we've been on Podbean, uh, the, the show notes are in there as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so they're, they're the places where they're currently at. They will be on our website as well when we when we're up and running on there. Um, so uh, have you? I don't know if you've got any shout outs. Anybody you might want to say hello to uh, Linda before we before we go? No, nobody to talk to. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, how about you, Johnny? Um, any? Um, well, you've done shout outs there. So how how can people keep in touch with you? 
Oh, you can find me again someday on Instagram. <laughs> when I've actually, I've been saying this for like a month and a half, but I have a good reason, damn it. So uh, anyway, I'll be back there soon. Um, I'm at Sisson Photography on Instagram. Um, you can find me at Central Camera Company in Chicago every day except for Sunday and Monday. Uh, I'm I'm there if you want to say hello. Um, and I guess you can find me sometimes on the Facebook group, did Photography with Classic Lenses as well. Um, and you can send an email to uh, Simon and Carl. And I'll I'll be forced to read it um, at uh, classiclensespodcast at gmail.com. You should contribute your photos on Instagram to uh, Best Vintage Lens by using that hashtag. Um, and they will maybe do a little feature for you there and share your work. Um, and I think that's it. Did I forget anything, Simon? No, no. Um, okay. Are you, are you going to say anything on behalf of Carl? Uh, <laughs> Carl, who's Carl? Our co-host, who, who sadly oh, couldn't be with Carl. us. Oh, that Carl. Yeah. Let's see with Anthony Rue. Hey, Carl. How you doing? Yeah. Don't break all Anthony's cameras. That's it. So uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Well, Carl, if you want to, if well, if you want to catch up with what Carl's up to, um, yeah. it's on Instagram as Carl underscore Havens. He's also on uh, Flickr as well, uh, as well, and he's also in our uh, Facebook group as well. Um, so he's currently got the banner in our face- Facebook group. Um, it's a, a really uh, good. Uh, street shot taken at night with uh, yeah, it's a, a nice shot. Yeah, with a, yeah. A, the Comini or whatever we're calling it, uh, one three five. So he, <sighs> he chose for some reason he didn't go out with the um, the, the the wet in wet uh, Boca Raynox. He, oh he, he took the uh, Comini because he probably didn't want wet in wet Boca. Yeah, no, he wanted smooth on smooth. <laughs> exactly, um, <laughs> and. Uh, I can be found uh, in that Facebook group, group as well. I'm on Instagram as Simon Forster Photographic. On Twitter as Simon4. Uh, I've got a website which is simonforsterphotographic.com. Uh, so, no, got co.uk. Um, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. Oh, that, that's a point. A uh, couple, couple more things. Uh, next Sunday is the date of the Wolverhampton Camera Fair, the latest Wolverhampton Camera Fair. Uh, that's a UK event and it's one of the largest, um, actually it's probably the, the largest uh, regular camera fair in Britain. Uh, the, the largest one is called Photographica, which is actually coming up in a few months. Uh, but as far as a regular thing that happens more than once a year, uh, the Wolverhampton Camera Fair is happening in a week. Uh, I will be there. Um, so come and say hello to me. Um, and uh, last thing is uh, to thank uh, Kevin McLeod, uh, who provides our music, uh, which is Octoblues, and he is Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. So I hope you've enjoyed this week's show, and it'll be great if you can join us again next time. Thank you and goodbye.